Welcome to Moms in the Hub. Everything you need to know about living, loving, and raising little ones in the 806. Go grab your wine and start folding that laundry while you listen to hosts Crystal and Danae share mom fells, discuss trending mom topics, and interview experts. Don't let the Lubbock wind blow you away. Stay grounded as we navigate Navigate motherhood in the hub together. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Be sure to share your favorite episode with family and friends, write a positive review, and leave a five-star rating for your favorite Lubbock moms. And she's old today. I'm falling apart. <laughs> I think I have carpal tunnel. <laughs> All right, ladies, what are we tasting today? Sweet we, tea. Yeah, sweet tea with lemon. And some strawberries. Made by who? Lipton. <laughs> Hi there and welcome to Moms in the Hub. I'm Crystal Granzo. And I'm Danae Hub. And what you just heard was just a little bit of our pregame of conversation <laughs> because Danae Hooks has fallen apart. I am 100%. She gets in here, she sits down in the chair, and you know what happens? Oh, my wrist, it's broken. And this morning when I texted you, I was on the heating pad. So yeah, and there you go. Your back hurts, your bra's too tight. Is your booty oh. shaking right now to the left <laughs> and to the right? Because oh I feel God. like it should be. <laughs> hey, I'm getting old and I'm feeling it. I'm not going to deny that. Deny. Yeah. Or agree or concur. Well, and I've been lifting Hannah a lot more than usual. Yeah. So that's definitely added to it. And she's getting so big. Are you bending with your knees? I don't. That I was just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> I need to properly um, lift her. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I know that. So. Okay. Yeah. And I'm carrying her for too too far during certain times, like after bath time and stuff. So I need to I need to make some adjustments on the way I'm doing things. Yeah. For sure. Cause like Sam goes out of town all week next week. So, and so what are you gonna me. do? That's a lot. Yeah. And she how tall is she now, do you think? Oh gosh. She she's is probably, probably like five four. No. <laughs> no, that would be taller than me. <laughs> okay, note it. Note it. She's four foot, I wanna say Maybe four foot eight. I think that's what her last measurement okay. was. And then she's probably over 70 pounds right mm-hmm. now. So she's big. Yeah. You're a beast. Yeah. Okay. So are you going to. Okay. So this is great. Let's chat about when you have a beautiful, perfect cherub child with a disability. And then you get to this age. Mm-hmm. And then different reality. It's not like. A little baby anymore right, that's right. you know so what is your next step in that process like is there going to be like a because your bathtub to her mm-hmm. bed or to where you change her at you know mm-hmm. all of those things like that is a a process that's a walk it is yeah and usually sam does the the lifting most of the time okay. um you know like i do the bathing he does the lifting but of course you know he travels a lot for work i know so when he's not here it's all me um, and we are trying to get a nurse, which is a process with anybody who is navigating that kind of the Medicaid system in Texas. It's not <laughs> easy or short by any means, but, um, our next step is to, you know, we've got to think long-term. So getting like a tracking system in our house, put in our house to help carry her, put her in her chair, put her in the bath. And then we're, of course, you know, we're making plans to build a accessible home. And whenever we do that, we'll mm-hmm. get very, very specific not looking at her being eight years old, looking at her being 28 years old. Right. And what we would need up, you know, as far as. Yeah, but that's stuff. futuristic. And so right. as of right now, are you going to put that system into your house 
as is. I because I, I know mean, you don't want to, but no, I mean, but I mean, it's recent development. Safety is uh-huh. our number one concern, and I think it's becoming unsafe. So, um, okay, yeah, I think we're that's something we have to start looking at now. So, and turn off your phone, Jimmy. Jimmy, James, what's your name today, James or what's Jimmy? Your middle name, so I can like call you by all names. Russell, Russell, James Russell Granzo. Turn off your phone. Or leave the room. Russ. (laughs) Russ Granzo. (laughs) If y'all have a third child, it's going to be Russ. It's not. (laughs) But if you could just see the demon eyes that he just, if looks could kill, James Jimmy Russell Granzo just did it. That's great tea, huh? Yeah. You liked it. That's what I thought. Perfect sweetness. Mm -hmm. You got to get the black bottles. (laughs) I'll remember that. So, anyways, what's going yeah. on with you? Oh, my gosh. What is not going on with you? <laughs> it's just a busy, unknowing time at this time. Yeah. And so, Kyle Mac bonked his head this morning. He has a huge knot on top of his head. No, what did he do? I mean... He fell off the couch. Oh. I said, Bubba, you know how the couch works. Why are you falling off of the couch? Because yeah, boys will be boys. I don't know. So, I, I'm kind of doing a little bit of um, gymnastics with him now. Like, okay, lock out your elbows. If your arms are there, then your head is safe. He's not going to listen to any of that. We you're practiced it. and it, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Absolutely, you're right. But I tried. You know, you have to try and attempt it as a mom. That's true. If you say it over and over. It will not happen, but you still say it over and over. Right. Makes Especially you feel to your better. Husbands. Yeah. <laughs> on the inside, you feel like the socks go inside the hamper, not on the side, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows. I know. Don't we all put know. The empty, empty cereal box back at the pantry. Yeah. I just watched a TikTok about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Between Hudson and Sam. Uh, yep. Yep. It's like, it's mostly Hudson, though, I think. Oh, but. Um, Hudson got baptized yesterday. That's oh, what yeah. I have to talk about. Okay. He um he was very excited. You know, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior uh, three weeks ago at youth group. Yeah, because that's what happens before baptism. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And process. <laughs> and um, and then yesterday was the day that they do the baptisms. They bring in a hot tub into the sanctuary. A hot tub? Yeah. It did it have the tub. bubbles on? No, it did not. Okay. They weren't like floating around, chilling, <laughs> passing out drinks. That is the blood of Jesus, James. <laughs> we did communion at the same time. Oh, you did? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no, but uh, he was nervous about it being cold, and um, but he did it. But yesterday, it was really sweet because before church, I was getting ready, and he came in and said, can we all stand together and pray before I'm really excited, but I'm also anxious, and I want to pray about this big, big thing going on in my life. So we and he he together. initiated that. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I told you he's a leader. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and then he was really excited, and we went and ate. He picked out the restaurant, and um, you want to talk about that experience? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he so, wanted Cajun food. Unfortunately, he would love to go to New Orleans and eat at Cafe Du Monde. That's his favorite beignets, and obviously, we can't do that right now. You can't? No. Why? Uh, well, COVID. Listen, and school. He and- just, he just 
escaped the fiery pits of hell, and you don't take him to Sin <laughs> City? City? <laughs> I was about to say. We took him straight to New Orleans. <laughs> and this is what you escaped, little one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went to the Lost Cajun. And, and um, anyway, so he got his anyway, jambalaya and his mm-hmm. beignets. He was good. He was excited. So. Okay. so how many carbs did you eat? Actually, I just got a cup of etouffee. Okay. I was trying to do be healthy. Er. Yeah. So, because there's still probably like 50 carbs in that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I really wanted a po' boy, but I was like, you know what? It's not going to taste anything like it's not. Yeah, I have a New Orleans, mm-hmm. so it's not worth the calories. Mm-hmm. And, That's what I try to tell myself, you know, too. When you've had, you know, some of the best, you don't want to, there's no comparison. Yep. That's what Jimmy says about, um, about fish when we went to Ireland and he had that huge fillet that was just freshly caught that mm-hmm. morning. Well, then now he doesn't want to eat any other fish. I'm like, well, listen, kid, we don't live in Ireland. So if you want fish in West Texas where we're landlocked, yeah. you're going to have to eat what they have. Eat what you eat and you don't throw a fit. I was trying to make that work. It didn't. <laughs> get what you get. Get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's, all right. That was my favorite teacher saying. And now I say it with my kids. Okay. Well, my kid is coming home saying it all the time. I forgot all about it. Yeah. Because you don't use that at the secondary level. Right. Or at least I never did. He comes home and he will tell his sister, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And I thought, yeah, that's true. Those are life lessons that he's internalizing and using. Yep. Do you use that as an adult? I mean, I am now. (laughs) To you, I just did. I meant that lesson. Okay. I can just think, I can pick and choose. As an adult, (laughs) I can pick and choose. It may be right or wrong. I don't know. Let's ask Jimmy. Does she get? Does she have a fit when she doesn't get what she wants? Most definitely. No, that's not she'll, true. She'll shut down. She'll go to her bed. She'll turn on Gilmore Girls. And she'll disappear. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> I know. So he doesn't make like any sense. Day, yeah. You got here. I was watching Gilmore Girls. But were you in your bed? I wasn't. I was in my chair. Oh, okay. So if we're in the chair, that's okay. Just so he's talking about normal day. That's, that's a normal day. day. And then he, we're in the bed, no, and you better watch no, out. You better. No, no. Uh-huh. this is very wrong. All of y'all need to go see a professional because you are making fun of my mental health. And when I'm in the bed watching Gilmore Girls, it's because my mental health is on the brinks of explosion. So he know, but he knows that that's when yes. you need a break. He knows that's when like, I say I don't feel good. Give me a minute. I just need an hour nap. Mm-hmm. Like it's not because I'm so tired and worn out that I need to go take a nap. It's that I am mentally drained. I am feeling depressed. I'm having a mental health day. And I'm trying to gather it together and be the best mom for my kids. So now you're going to make fun of me about that? I love you. That's a good answer. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was easy. Love I now. love when I win a conversation. <laughs> you know, that just, I don't know if I, that we escalated quickly or, <laughs> I wish I could say that didn't happen often, but that's not true. <laughs> well, and, but this is a hard time. There's a lot going on right now. COVID, the mm-hmm. snow, mm-hmm. kids in this age, you know, it's just a lot. Okay. Life is a lot. So what about when I was 16? <sighs> Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on when you're 16, too. That's true. Hormones are yeah. the devil. Mm-hmm. So this morning, yes, I'm uh, organizing everything again. So getting the closets all organized and together. And they're all incredibly clean. Oh, no. Let me backtrack a little bit. 
<clears throat> so I'm going to tell you a funny story about my mom, which she doesn't really listen to this podcast. So you're safe. I'm safe. However, mom, if you're listening to this podcast, just know I love you. And I'm saying this all completely out of love. <laughs> she has her room, right? Jimmy, would you say it's her room? Yeah, it's like her room here. Okay. Her room here. No, 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 no. no. In oh. her house back home in Dallas. And it is wall to wall, ceiling to floor, full of stuff. It is the hoarder's room. I was about to say, would she be classified as a hoarder? Yes, in that room. We need to get a film crew up in there. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm taking on things from you. I'm thinking about Miss Danae. <laughs> and um, anyway, so she, uh, my dad had cleaned out my brother's uh, closet. It was empty. And from what he said, now these are his words, not mine. I have no idea what's going on. He said, Debbie, don't put anything in that closet. That's an empty closet. It's not for you. Don't use it. We're not using that closet, right? You have your room. That's it. I don't know what the plans were. I don't know anything like that. So my mom said, okay, I'm going to start cleaning out my room because she has a million empty cards in there that she has. And things are also organized. Like you say that, remember when we had the conversation previously on uh, the podcast that you said you don't buy things to to get organized, to organize, yeah. right? Okay. She does. And so things are organized and still cluttered. If that makes sense. Yeah. So a million cards of his, her birthdays, whatever, empty, ready for use. I don't know if she really uses or not, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, frames from every dead person in our family that has been collected that we can't get rid of. Um, baskets. It, everything you can think of, like all of the projects you want to do that you are never going to do, but you might do, and you're just going to hold on to it just in case because you're a teacher and that's what you do. You don't let go of things. Yeah. So she's got a hobby lobby in her room, basically. She has a hobby lobby that you can't walk. There are no aisles <laughs> because then it starts stacking up north and south. Yeah. Meaning top to bottom, not necessarily north and south. <laughs> Okay, so she's sco- you get your hand here? <laughs> yeah. If only you could see the <laughs> yeah, motions yeah. over here. So she's getting that stuff done, right? She's like, oh, and I've been telling her as we're cleaning and going through all of this, I'm relaying all of these messages and these things that we're learning here and taking it back home. Like, mom, it feels so good to declutter. It feels so good. Like, you're going to feel so much better if you let go of some of that right. stuff. So she started. However, she just took all that stuff. <laughs> And put it in the closet. And put it in my brother's closet. I said, Mom, you did not edit anything. You transitioned it. Yep. So now she's in the process of transitioning it back. And she said, "Um, I had my room looking so good. It was looking so good. And now you can't even walk in it again. And I said, that's because you never got rid of anything. You just moved it. You can't just shift it. You can't shift the food around your plate, child. You have to put a couple bites right. in your mouth. So I did under the plate like I used to do, but whatever. Yeah, or give it to the dog. <laughs> you know, like they run to the bathroom a little bit in the trash. But regardless, um, she's not. She's in the process of that. So I said, hey, you need to watch these ladies on Netflix mm-hmm. or the Condra thing or, you know, all the different minimalists. Minimalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I said, don't even sit down and try to watch it and enjoy it. Just put it on in the background. Maybe you'll learn by osmosis. <laughs> and Jimmy gives me big eyebrows over here, but he heard it all. And Oh, it's a very true story. 100%. You're going to have to go Lisa down there. You're going to have to go down there, and if she's really serious, walk no. her through the process. No. Her parents, neither one of them, they both hoard. Mm-hmm. Like, her dad's shop 
is full. Now he knows where everything it's is. It's organized, right. yeah, organized incredibly. The hill, but there's not an empty nut. Including the ceiling. I've never seen things so nicely hung on the ceiling in my, I mean. Yeah, if you think of like Cracker Barrel on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> like everything, like. Yeah. But he's like, hey, I need this. He he's knows like, One right second. It. He knows exactly where it is. Where it is. I'm not that person. No, you're not. No. And neither am I. But does that count as, is that organized or is that clutter? I mean, I think it depends. I mean, I'm not an expert, but if he's still using this stuff, then technically I think it's organized. But if it's not, um, I mean, he's just holding on to it. So I don't know. So anyway, so I found, I heard that that was just, my mom told me all about that this weekend and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you just literally shifted things. So, guys, if you're out there and you're just shifting around your stuff, you're not doing anything but wasting time. I mean, maybe you're getting your steps in because, you know, she really is. She's looking good, but the room is still, you know, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, you know, if you would um, put in a guest bed here, it'd be easier for the kids to come stay the night. You know, just trying to encourage that way. Right. So, anyway, so that's what was happening with us there. Um, things are happening. I've got a lot of things in my brain that I can't. I'm waking up really early. Mm-hmm. You know, like at 4 o'clock, I yeah. just. Oh, and today would be my dog's birthday. So I might have had a breakdown cry oh, yeah. because the uh, vet sent an email saying, Happy birthday, Millie. Oh, that's horrible. And like, you killed her. So oh my gosh. why are you telling me happy birthday? Oh, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, we did a we participated in a virtual fundraiser trivia night for Rhett syndrome this weekend, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the questions were really hard. And we thought that we were doing really good, but we ended up getting tenth place out of twenty teams. But it was still fun and still raised money. So but they had some hard questions. So shouldn't you be the one who knows everything about Rhett? No, I mean that was only one of the rounds. The other rounds were like eighties pop culture. Oh, okay, like um, random stuff. Right. Yeah, okay. Like trivia. But stuff. did you? Win the round about red syndrome. No, I you think didn't most know. parents knew. I think I missed one out of that whole thing. I'll tell you this that was the only round that I was able to contribute in. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones, I think, this, our friend uh, Cody was there because he's an He's excellent at trivia. And then Hudson knew a lot of the answers. Like That does not surprise me. No, that I was very impressed. Me. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You are way smarter than me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Danae is very pretty. <laughs> yeah, once upon a time. No, Hudson, <laughs> um, so one of his favorite pastimes right now is watching reruns of Jeopardy. So I think that that that's, is so boring. But that's he what is he so likes. boring. But he said he's learning he's a lot. He's going to get a wild one. I want you to know he's going <laughs> to marry his mother. Don't you think, Jimmy, that he'll marry his mother? I mean, no, imagine, yeah. Not at all. Yes. No. We've talked about your wild child ways. Right. Yeah. How would you feel if Hudson married little Danae? We'll call her KK. Okay, well, let's just say by the time that I got married, I was had changed my ways a lot. I mean, a lot most for the most part. Most people do, Crystal. Okay. I sowed but my let's wild not think about that. Let's imagine they sow their oats together. But he's watching reruns of Jeopardy, and she's doing Danae-style stuff. Yeah, well, he's more like his dad's. So I don't know. Sam stayed home and watched, you know, Saturday Night Live with his parents. That's so. what I'm <laughs> let's, let's hope and pray for that. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, no, but he told me 
Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't have had a chance with Sam in high no, school. No, like he Sam was the star football player and I was a cheerleader, but I was also a wild one and he, he was been not. Like, yeah. Um, He's going places. Yeah. Did you cheer in college? I did not cheer okay, in college. Yeah. No. Neither did I, but um but Hudson did say <laughs> Now that you bring up the whole mom thing, uh, you know, we plan on building and when we build, we want to build a little apartment, um, behind the house. And I told Hudson, that's where, you know, you could stay and go to college here and stay in that apartment your first year if you want. And he's like, he keeps saying, Oh, you're trying to put me in a she shed. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, no, it's actually going to be like a tiny home in our apartment. But my in-laws would like to also build close to us as well. Like we all get some land and build together. Yeah. And there is it called a convent? <laughs> no, compound. Compound. My bad. <laughs> but my mother-in-law was talking about, you know, when they pass, that house would be fairly close to us. So what would we do? Like, I think about all angles, right? And um, so you know, he'll live next door to you. I said, Hudson, you could just, you and your wife can like move in next door to me and I could help with the grandkids. And he's like, what if my wife doesn't like you? <gasps> that's what he said. I was like, uh, not going to happen. How could she not like me? So yeah, That's an excellent question. Did you turn it around on him and say, exactly, what if she doesn't like me? What will you do? How no, will I you proceed? Have. I just said that was impossible. No, I don't say it's impossible because girls don't like girls. I like girls like girls. In, you like me. <laughs> In this scenario. <laughs> Okay, let's imagine just for this scenario that girls don't like girls. It's not, I mean, the stereotypes exist for a reason. Right. So mother-in-laws get a bad rep for a reason. So this girl don't like, she has her own family, her sister she's really close to. Her mom. She's up her mom's butt. And you, nobody. I know. It's true. They have their own compound to move on to on the maiden name land. Oh, don't even say that. How are you going to handle it? Maybe how... I can buy her love. <laughs> how is he... free babysitting. <laughs> How's he going to handle it? I don't know. These well, are all things I can't handle. Right. This is it's right here because I think about it and I can't I can't go with that. I just repeat to myself, I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy's all I need. I love Jimmy. Well, and because in the end, when they leave me, they don't have to come. I want them to come back. You know, that right. w- that's how I'm going to define whether or not I'm a good parent is if they enjoy coming back to our house. But I'm not going to because the desire of my heart is that we do live in a compound, all of us right. together. I mean, yeah. And, you know, we just die and together, all together at the same cemetery. time holding hands. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was thinking about this last night. I actually brought it up when Sam and I were at dinner. And I said, you know, I really, I would love Hudson to go to school here. And I was thinking about the friends that he already has here and friends may go here. So he would start off college mm-hmm. already knowing people if some of his friends went. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, should we encourage him to go somewhere else? Because me moving out of state away from family and friends and, you know, trying to just mm-hmm. make my own way really was a lot of growth for me. Mm-hmm. And a very, I mean, I would never, I don't regret that experience, any of the experiences well, I think this is an excellent question for Mr. Granzo because you did just that, you know, in high school, you, you left, you came to Lubbock, you went to South Plains and how was that, you know, leaving the, the coop and then finding your own self? I mean, I still live with my sister. So. <laughs> so oh, really you count. lived with her here in Lubbock? Yes. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> never mind. She just finished college. She's still, actually, she hadn't even finished yet. So she's still in her last semester. I forgot. We're 
rather different in age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went off to college and I didn't come back in the summers. I just rented an apartment and stayed in San Marcos. And I I rented an apartment without my mom's approval. Okay. Did you sign her name? No. I mean, I signed it, but she didn't get a chance to look at it and say it was okay first. Okay. And it was, well, I mean, we had to be out of the dorms and, um, this was a cheap place, fairly close to campus. What? Nothing. I'm just listening to your story. It's intriguing. And I think, (laughs) I don't think by that time I'd gotten my, um, parking revoked from campus yet. Oh my goodness. This is what I'm talking about. Your future (laughs) daughter-in-law. Hi, Mrs. Hooks. I just got my parking revoked. But do you think I could borrow Hudson's for this? I just have a project. I'm going to the library. I'm using air quotes. The library. (laughs) We'll call her Sarah, not Sam. It ended up being a a great apartment (laughs) because I was within walking distance. I needed that at one point in my college. Yes, I'm sure you did. (laughs) And so will the future Mrs. Hooks. Yeah. So anyways. Okay. So Jimmy, nothing like you don't feel like you grew like leaving home five hours away. You don't think that was nice to your growth? No, not at that point in my life. So you think you should have stayed home? Yeah, probably. And why is that? Because I didn't do anything. You I think lived you would... in Lubbock. I went to school in Loveland, so I drove two hours every day, hour there and back. And it cost me a lot of money to go to college. Mm-hmm. Did you work while you were out here? So I like, went to school, welded all day, then left school, went to work, went home, and I was tired. What well, you learned how to be an adult. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jimmy would argue that he um, came out the womb an adult. He's been working forever. Yeah. So you think you could have done all that stuff back home, that going away. The whole point of this is, you know, like, is well, going away. Out. I moved out two weeks after graduation. Where did you go then? I went to Don't say girl's house. Don't say girl's house. Buddy's house. <laughs> okay. Sure. Did you live at a girl's house? No. I never lived at a girl's house. Until your house. <laughs> you didn't live in my house. You squatted at my apartment. <laughs> That's what you did. You that. couldn't <laughs> kick him out. You know, he would not leave. He was in love. No. I lived close to campus. That's what yeah, it was. No, he <laughs> could. No, decision. that's not what Caleb said. Oh, Caleb said tall. he could. <laughs> he could sleep in later, because it took him two minutes to get from my <laughs> place to the other place. Oh my goodness, that did not happen. What? I don't know. Moving on. That's enough of that it conversation. He doesn't remember anything. He can't remember our first date. He can't remember our first kiss. He can't remember anything. And he blames it on basketball concussions, which I don't know if you know. I don't know anything about him, but I think that he's full of, you know what? I don't know, Sam. I mean, he doesn't remember a lot of things, and he probably had some pretty big blows to the head in football. Yeah, but that's football. Basketball, you don't. I'm not in wakeboarding. Not basketball. I only had one play basketball. I had four wakeboarding. That's a surfing behind the boat. I'm aware of what lakes is, and there's no lakes here now. (laughs) So it's like surfing behind the boat. I tried that once, and I was not successful. Me too. Everyone told me that the hardest part was getting up, but Mm -hmm. that was the easiest part. I could get up. I just couldn't stay there. 
I can get it. I couldn't get up, and I'm, it's true. It was, that was when I was in shape. It, yeah, I mean, I was in the best shape of my life at that point in time, and it was on the, um, you know, the wakeboarding in Fort Worth. There's one that's on a like a zip line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And that's the store. I have, yep, that's the one. And so it was really easy. You just get up and go, right? I should just be able to like, mm-hmm. you know, no one's doing anything crazy. No dads are like trying to whip you off or, you know, right? Yeah. Jimmy, can I get some? You know, not when you're wakeboarding, you just go straight. That's a tube when you try to like knock them off. But I feel like that is an option behind a boat but on this zip line thing was not an option i should have been able to stay up and just keep going oh, i yeah. was not able to do that it was frustrating yeah i mean i i quickly found out my place was on in the boat in the boat with a iced tea with a, with a. <laughs> <laughs> That's iced I, tea i excelled <laughs> iced tea with a hyphen and a capital letter t <laughs> No, did you not get that that music reference? I get it. Okay, yeah. I do love iced tea and cocoa. Oh yeah, I liked watching them on Law and Order. Yeah, I saw them in Vegas. In person? Yeah, they were in a car driving by, but I saw. Are you, them. Was it really them or impersonators? No, it was really them. Oh, they were in like some kind of car show. Oh, that's in the cool. old Vegas, long, long time ago. Like when my when my grandpa passed, Vegas was his place. Him and Big Mama, they won a lot of money out there. That's where they went and enjoyed their time. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, we like paid tribute to him in Vegas, possibly, but possibly not with his ashes. Just depends on who you're talking oh, to yeah, at the I moment. That story. Yeah. And so, anyways, we were downtown, and they like the old Vegas the mm-hmm. most. And so when we were walking, they had that thing going on, and I saw them. And that was at the time that their show was on the TV a lot. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, yeah, Ice loves Coco. Yes, Ice loves Coco. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I've I was never like, seen ah! yeah. Like, I probably would never just notice them naturally, but it, they were fresh on my mind at right. that point in time. And so now they should be fresh on yours. <laughs> ice, ice, baby. That's Wrong one. Just kidding. That. I'm just making connections today. Oh, my gosh. Don't make me sing again. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's not do that. Okay. Well, let's change this up a little bit. So today we are interviewing me, Crystal yes. Granso, with Zo Financial Coaching. I am a Ramsey preferred coach, and I'm just introducing myself because I'm just going to do it. I'm getting kind of red. Why? I don't know. No, I'm introducing you. Okay, go. Today on the show, we are interviewing <laughs> Crystal Granzo, and she is a preferred financial coach with her own business, Zoe Financial Coaching. Yes, I'm a Ramsey preferred coach, and I help people help their money. That's that's actually a really good topic. I'm sure a lot of people listening... What, I mean, they probably want to know a lot about money and how to save and what to do with your money and how to get out of debt. So thank you for being here today. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for sitting in my blue chairs. Well, there's um, – so I grew up always pretty knowledgeable about money. And um, my even if my family doesn't actually put the action behind um, – behind it you know they've always given me really great knowledge so my great grandma Nokel, which if we would have another kid I would love to name my child Nokel because I miss my grandma so much but okay yeah (laughs) I know so that's changing why okay yeah let's not get on that okay (laughs) Noki anyways so she always told me don't you know, you can't spend more than you have. Yeah. Right. So if you have ten dollars, you can go buy something for twenty bucks or eleven 
because you don't have $11, you only have 10. Don't forget there's taxes because we have that issue. So those have always kind of been ingrained in me, but it was still, I remember the time where I didn't know how to budget or what a budget was. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the feeling of freedom that came from knowing Oh, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. This is like I can see the light, not necessarily the end, but I can see the p- possibility that comes from that. And so, um, you know, I would always save. I was, I'm just a natural born saver. I'd save. If there's a penny on the ground, I'd pick it up and I'd save it. And um, Christmas, birthday money, extra money, I never got allowances, but had I, then I would do that. You know, I would save money. And so I've always had, you know, at least $500,000 in savings as a sixth grader, you know, and then I would go at one time and, um, I'm a, at the same time as I'm a saver, I'm a big purchaser. Right. So I'm not buying little things (laughs) no. but I would go on a $300 shopping spree and then save, 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 save it back up and then spend, you know, cause in my head I could, that's how my brain works. Well, I think there's a balance too of you know, looking out for the future, mm-hmm. but also not to the point where you aren't living in the moment. Right. Does that make sense? And haven't you been on both ends of that at some point, point in time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember being in college thinking life is but a vapor. Right. And money was made to be spent. So I'm going to live in the moment right now. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being in college and thinking, I've got to save up for a house one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to have kids. So like being on two complete extremes. And so um, for me, I was gifted a Dave Ramsey book one year in college. I think it was probably my sophomore year of college. Maybe it was that first Christmas. I don't know. Um, But regardless, I went through it in a day. And then I, you know, I'm a hand writer. So I like mm-hmm. to rewrite and write and rewrite and write. And so I, I create using his forms. I created my budget. I created my plan. I started the, um, the debt snowball. Mm-hmm. And so a year, maybe it was a year and a half after I started teaching, I was done with undergrad school. I had my, the only, you know, debt I had, cause I was told very early from my mom, um, don't get a credit card. Yeah. Don't get a credit card. Whatever you do, they want to give college kids credit cards. Don't do it. Oh, yes, they do. And I, didn't because I was told not to. Right. Right. So, um, I followed those instructions and then I paid off my student loans real quick. And after that, you just kind of get the bug. Like when you watch the debt just disappear and Mm -hmm. go away, that was really exciting for me. Like I'm down for eating beans and rice and watching Netflix at night and, and paying $2 and 13 cents on my one individual loan, which I literally would put on there. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I know it I, to me it seems kind of crazy, um, but I enjoyed that. Yeah, and so uh, I was not like that in college. And in fact, I got I was one of those people. My mom told me not to sign for the credit card. She put my name on her credit card to build my credit. Hmm. But I didn't listen to her because that's how I was at that age. Right. And I remember not paying a credit card bill and thinking, "Oh, it's no big deal." You know, I'm just not going to pay it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And it ruined my credit. Thank goodness my credit scores back up and wonderful. But for it took me a long time to get it back up. Mm-hmm. But now Sam and I, especially Sam's so good with finances mm-hmm. and a budget 
that I'm kind of got that bug now too, where I'm like, I'd rather have beans and rice and save because yeah. we have some big financial goals that we want to accomplish. And so mm-hmm. I'm all about saving and couponing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went from one extreme to the other. Yeah. I still have my first Southwestern Bell bill. Really? From my freshman year of college. Because. What is it was my internet bill. <laughs> so instead of framing your first dollar, you frame your first That's bill. That's it. I had it because uh, I was working, I think I was, wasn't at the law firm at that time, but um, I just remember getting very excited about payday and about when bills were due because those types of weird things excited me. I don't know. So I could see What's how much. Changed? Nothing's changed. <laughs> That's good. But this yeah. is your calling. This is why you do yeah, this. Yeah, it's my passion. It really I mean, is. When you rather. When you get up. I mean, first thing I'm like, ding, money's hit. Let's go check the budget. <laughs> Let's go pay the bills. That's how Sam is. But that, but that's wouldn't. Okay, people listening, wouldn't you rather have somebody helping you that's that passionate about it versus someone just you know yeah. doing it to do it? Yeah. So I have. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Okay. Are you okay. ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Because I mean, this is my own personal playground right now. And right. I'm like, oh, want to like learn as much as possible. Yeah. Um, you said something earlier about, um, well, first of all, what does a financial coach do? Like hit a little bit on exactly your process with clients. Right. Okay. So a lot of people don't know what a financial coach is, but basically a financial coach is to, um, people, individuals with their money as a personal trainer is, you know, with fitness. So you can do all of those things. You can go outside and run on your own, you know, but when you really want abs and you want to work on what you're putting in your body, you get a nutritionist or a personal trainer, you get that gym membership. And so the same thing kind of happens with your finances as well. When you're really ready for that accountability, that help, that guidance, just someone to counsel and bounce off those ideas, then you get a financial coach. And so um, financial coaching is so individualized. So when I talk about things today, it's not, it's just very general Mm -hmm. because every client is very specific. Everyone has their own special, specific needs um, and conflicts that that occur that we work through together. So you're like a money therapist. Basically, yes. I am. And so being a Ramsey preferred coach, I follow um, the baby steps that Dave Ramsey has out there. And so baby step one is that you get that $1,000 in your savings account. Mm -hmm. So anything, if you have debt, anything over $1,000 needs to go towards paying off that debt. And you just leave that $1,000 in there. If you don't have $1,000, well, then our first step is to save that up, right? After that, you have your debt snowball, which is where I got super excited in college. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. And so I even, I let, and this is really bad, but I'm not a person who really cares about credit scores. So I let um, some loans go bad basically while I was in the debt snowball process Mm -hmm. because you pay smallest to largest. And um, from what the research that Dave Ramsey throws out there is that, um, you know, finances are incredibly emotional. So we do a lot of emotional spending and, um, and when things are tied to emotions, it's not, it's not necessarily about the numbers. Like 80% of finances are emotions and feelings and 20% are actual numbers. So if you're dealing with someone, like we have some really great friends out there who are in finances and they're not really big on 
what I'm talking about right now, but their brains are just geared towards why would I pay the smallest amount as opposed to the largest interest rate? Well, because the whole point of the the debt snowball is to just get that momentum building Mm -hmm. and to change those habits. We're all in such bad habits of um, poor spending and choices. And so in order to to correct that, you know, we start with the smallest debt to build that momentum to get you going. And so, I mean, you could ask my clients, but they have seen, and I've had some kind of fight me on that as well, but you just really, if you try it, you see the results, you see, oh, it gets exciting. Not only I paid off three, three loans this week or this pay period. And it feels so, it feels so accomplished. So good to pay three off as opposed to hit that $50,000 car loan or whatever initially, just because the interest rate is larger or something. Does that that make sense? It does. Because like, if you, you compare it to like losing weight, Mm -hmm. when you start seeing, you know, five pounds off, it gets you excited for the next Mm -hmm. five pounds and the next. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we may have 50 pounds to lose, but we don't talk about that. We have to start your micro goals. Right. And so that's what we do. And so I meet with my clients via Zoom and um, we chat, we figure out what the issues are and we grow from that process. So we build a budget together. So as a financial coach, I build the budget with them. I do not do it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, my clients are involved in that process because that's ownership. You know, it's your money. In the end, you have all the rules and you hold the red pen (laughs) in a teacher point of view, you know. And so I'm just there to as as a guide and a help in that process. So you're te- along with helping them, you're teaching them, setting them up for success. So that way, mm-hmm. whenever y'all's process is over, mm-hmm. they can still continue using the, everything they've learned with you. Exactly. To stay. And so in the, the whatever it, it could never be over, but when some clients choose to go off on their own, it's because that's when the habits have changed. Okay. And so usually, um, that's a six month process, because it, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It right. takes a while to change your mind, change that mindset, and to really um, to follow through on things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so you talked about the snowball effect, which I like that because I, cause I would think initially that you would start with the biggest one. But now that you, the way that you talked about it, that mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense with anything you're doing, not just finances. And the largest one goes away much quicker when you're not paying minimums on all those other little ones. It's true. So you forget about that. So yeah. it's like, oh, you get there, you've got a $15,000 loan, but it's not taking as long as it would have initially because you have more money to throw onto it. it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So you talked about starting with you know, a thousand and savings, like baby steps. Okay. So what if you do get all your debt? What is the, is it three months worth of salary? What is the goal to have in your savings before you okay. move on to something mm-hmm. else? Excellent question. Baby step three is three to six months okay. worth of expenses. So what is three, one month of the four majors? Go ahead. Are you breathing? You, you going to chime in there, Jimmy? Well, let's just make sure you're going to get it. <laughs> We're going to have a pop yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. You answer this one for everyone. And I'll, I'll tell you if you're wrong. All right. So you want to make sure you get your mortgage covered, your light bill, your food bill. Because you don't have any debt at this point. So you get your food, your lights, and... Your, your four mortgage. walls. 
Yeah. Four walls, but food, lights, mortgage. Yeah, so that, you don't have a car payment. You don't have a hopefully anything. Well, yeah, you're, you're not. You can't. Yeah, you're, in you're baby step three. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. baby yeah. step three. Your cars are paid off, and you have everything but your house. Okay. Yes. So just your basic necessities. You can either save three months up or six months. You just take that one month and you multiply it by that number, and that's what you would set aside, and you don't ever touch it again. You you put it in an account where you can get to it. Um, you're not investing it. You're not really trying to make earn interest off of that. That is strictly an emergency fund. Something happens, you lose your job, and you need to keep the lights on for three to six months. You have the bare minimums for that. And that makes it, especially with COVID and, you know, people that have lost their jobs because it's going to take time to find another job. So at least you know that you've got that covered. So. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So then once you're done with that, then you start worrying about um, investing 15% into um, retirement. A lot of people aren't thinking about retirement. And so my heart breaks when you get clients who are older in age, very near to retirement, and they have nothing mm-hmm. in there and lots and lots of debt. And so I just do not want anyone to be in that right. in that boat. We have to, as much as we love to enjoy um, the present, because life is but a vapor, you still also have to be a good steward of your money and think Think about what is to come. And so that's why hopefully you've got, or once you get your um, debt paid off, you've got your emergency fund there, you can build up your um, investment. And so it's just a recommendation. You can invest however much you want. But in my opinion, a minimum of 15% is what you should be doing um, if you're going to save for kids' college. And then the end goal of the whole thing is to be able to give back. You know, we talk about purpose a lot. Or at least here lately, I've been through a lot of trainings about purpose. You know, like, why were we we created? What's the point of life? Things like, you know, like, what's the point of all of that? And so if you're just here to accumulate debt or to pay off debt, that's not really purposeful. And so in the end, you want to give back. So if you're a believer, that's to your church, Mm -hmm. that's um, to the organizations that you believe in. If you're a non-believer, it's just charity. It's, you know, it's others Mm -hmm. because... um, you know, everyone like that's still purposeful is to give back right. and to help others, regardless of our beliefs. It's not all about you. Right. It sh- or at least it shouldn't be. Right. Right. So if, if you're very egocentric at this point in time, you need to read a different book and see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> is Call me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a therapist. So. OK. So this is a good question that I have, because mm-hmm. I think. People, people, this happens all the time and sometimes unexpectedly. People get a lump sum of money, whether it's a family member passes Mm -hmm. or they sold something, just something unexpected. So you get a lump sum of money. Where is the best place to put that money? Oh, that is very individualized. Okay. It just depends on the person. Where you are in the process. Mm -hmm. Depends on the process, where we're at. Um, I am not um, an investor. So I can't tell you stocks, where to put those things at, but I can definitely send you to someone who knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just in general, you know, mutual funds are good and Roth IRAs. Those are just the two that you just kind of throw out there. That's not the answer to the situation. There's way more to that. So it depends. If you're in debt. Pay off the debt. Probably going towards debt. You know, if you're at baby step three, you just put it in to an account that you can save up for. Um, if you're past it all and you're at the and you just have the mortgage, you know, because um, your debt snowballs everything except for the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so if you're 
you know, if you're investing your 15%, you're past all of those things, then maybe you just throw that lump sum onto your house Mm -hmm. and you live mortgage free. You know, it just, there's so many different answers. Okay. Well, like you said, a lot of this is mindset. People, Mm -hmm. I mean, you got excited when you were paying off debt, but people are, when you figured out the freedom behind having a budget or having no debt, some people never figure that out. Some people just are in a constant battle Mm -hmm. to stay above water. Is that the right term? (laughs) I don't know. Stay above. So what, besides getting a financial coach, what have you come across? Because you've done this for so many years of being a good person with your finances and being responsible and interested in this subject (laughs) that makes sense what are some books podcasts things that you know maybe people can dive a little bit deeper into yeah well i say and i don't get paid to do this but i but this is where i started i started with dave ramsey yeah and so that's he's the route that i got into so the total money makeover is what i started with i know a lot of people um you can take financial peace university Mm -hmm. and so in there it goes they take you through the entire process of the but i mean just everything you know um it's biblical foundations as well with your money and being a good steward and so that's an excellent resource there's a ton of podcasts that you could be listening to and um and so that would be dave ramsey um chris hogan jimmy any other ones that you like that you really enjoy financially no the ramsey has a whole uh, slew of personalities now yeah his daughter does one yeah. rachel cruz yeah mm-hmm. with like small business things and uh, mom the business boutique right. uh-huh and they all kind of go in and out on his um, podcast as well. So you'll hear all those personalities on the Ramsey show now if you want to listen into that. But that's really the best start because you get a lot of different callers coming in with all these different questions. Yeah. And you're bound to hit one that has your situation and your scenario and what he has to say. And sometimes he goes into detail and sometimes it's like, okay, that's a good start. Maybe I should call a financial coach and figure out what my process is and what the steps will be for me in regards to that that um but other than that you start um you've got to start the mindset has to change and so that's more than just money you know you need Mm -hmm. to be you should i mean what is that the mindset podcast that we mindset mentor the mindset Mm -hmm. mentor he isn't discussing finances but he's got a lot of great information in there about habits Mm -hmm. he does and that will help you know, help in the process of all of this to make sure it connects and it sinks in and it becomes habitual for you. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is that um, a lot of people want a quick fix. Well, it's not, yeah. you know, finances is hard. It's like, it's like losing weight. You've got to get over that hump. And then once you get going and you feel the momentum, you have to keep feeding it so you don't lose it. So you can't just take off two weeks from working out and think, Oh, you know, after two weeks, getting back into it's going to be just the same. No, it's going to hurt again. And so you've got to keep your mindset um, into good habits and into finances. Um, The Millionaire Next Door, that's an excellent book. Try that one. To read. Money, 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 money. Okay, great. All right, so what if I am in just a boatload of debt? I've got the car, the boat, the A boatload. 
Yeah. Yes, we have a boatload. Literally. Literally. <laughs> um, we live paycheck to paycheck. We mm-hmm. have no cash in the bank. Mm-hmm. How do I um, start? How do I get that first thousand dollars? Because everything is sell something. <laughs> is is drawing me like I can yeah. just make the minimums and I'm living on a credit card. How do I get that first thousand? Well, you cancel the credit card <laughs> and you sell something. What's the fine? I mean, that's a lot. This is what financial coaches sit down and they look at your actual numbers. Right. Okay. So that's a great scenario. I don't know. How much are you making a year? Who's all involved? What all are you paying for? Um, is there child support involved? Is anyone else contributing? Um, all of these questions you kind of need to ask and see and decide and prioritize. And why do you have a boat if you're this far in debt? Yeah. So sell the boat. Get rid of the boat. You want a boat, but you don't get a boat until you can pay for that boat with cash. So Jimmy ain't getting a boat. Hey, you heard it. It's, I mean, it's on record, people. We can always refer back to this. Well, and I like, I think that the, my favorite part about the financial, you being a financial coach is the accountability. You, mm-hmm. you need that accountability in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have someone that can do that for you. That's yeah. Great. And so financial coaching is a service. And so you pay for it. Right. But I will tell you that um, you get more, you save more than the fee. Right. Because if you're just wasting, um, Dave Ramsey calls it stupid tax. You know, if you, you're just having a bunch of stupid taxes on mm-hmm. yourself. You know, um, my little fee is going to be well worth it as opposed to wasting all that money that you're in that cycle of. And so having someone there helps you break the cycle and um, hold on to that accountability and to keep it. You know, like my clients text me, not constantly, but when they need to, they don't have to feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. I'm there. We can talk things through. We make the best decisions for that individual. And so, um, I can tell you that I've had people start so anxious that after a session, I just get on my knees and pray and think, God, please give them strength to make it this month. Right. So we can make it another, you know, like baby steps. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And, um, I just felt like a lot of them sometimes couldn't get to the next one because they were so stressed and money fills us with such anxiety. And then, um, six months later, they're like, Crystal, I got this, you know, praise the Lord that we took the step that we, you know, we put forth the effort and then they, they saw the change, mm-hmm. the changes there. I mean, um, I'm sure that's very gratifying and fulfilling too, to see them get to that it point. It is. It's so exciting. Yeah. One, because I've been through it myself and I know that it's possible. Right. And two, I'm just watching it over and over and over again. And someone who wouldn't have paid off $6,000 worth of debt in three months just did. I just got off. Um, I just got out of a session with a client who three months into this were six grand down. Yeah. You know, someone who told me at the very beginning of our session, oh, I'm not going to worry about my student loans because the government's going to pay them off. And in this loan, they're going to, I'm going to teach and they're going to forgive them after a million years or whatever. And then she decided all on her own, you know, after watching the process and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, coaching through these sessions, um, I'm not going to rely on the government to pay my stuff off. And she's almost completely done with student loans. Loans are almost completely gone. Had she had waited, she'd another decade, you know, they would still just be sitting there accumulating interest, wasting money, you know, and then 
having that burden of anxiety on your shoulders instead of the financial freedom that comes from paying it all off and not being a slave to the lender. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Preach it. I know. I get really excited. I love this stuff. You know, I didn't even know what a financial coach was. Um, until my adulthood, right? Yeah. But if I would have known what a financial coach was when I was in college after I had gone through this and paid off my student loans, you would have gone straight into that. this would have been my, my, my avenue. This would have been my area. But at the same time, you know, life takes turns for a reason. And now you're at this point in your life where you can you're you know, absolutely right. concentrate on it. Yeah. <laughs> kill it. So, yeah. Okay. So is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Uh, how to get a hold of you? I mean, just anything. I'm happy to have um, a complimentary consultation with anyone. You can email me at zocoaching at gmail.com. That's zo as in grand zo. So that's a Z as in zebra, O-W, coaching at gmail.com. And, uh, or you can go over to my Facebook page at um, zocoaching. <laughs> <laughs> So coaching, and then I have my link to my calendar all on my Facebook page. And okay. so you can um, look at my calendar and just go ahead and schedule it on your own, a time that works best for you. And then we can sit down and talk about your needs and your desires and what you want your future to look like. And then we can make a plan from there. Okay. And we'll we'll have all the stuff tagged in the show notes yeah, as well. Yeah, that'll be easy. So. Right. So, so just click the button at yeah. the end because <laughs> is it? Yeah. Anyways. It's fun, though. So all you have to do, if you have any questions at all that I didn't ask or that I didn't answer that you really would like answered, then just setting up a consultation is really your best bet and seeing if it's for you. And some people, they've got it together. You've got some people who know how to budget. They've got their life plan, but they just want want to know that they're doing it correctly. They want the affirmation. Yes. They don't really... They may not need a financial coach. They mm-hmm. may want one and choose to have one, which is great, but the need may not be there. So um, it just depends. It's so individualized. It depends on you and your needs in that moment. And so I'm happy to help you navigate those. Well, thank you, Crystal, for being with us today. You're welcome. And we, do you want to ask a question? Sure. And we always ask <laughs> our guest a question, the same question. Oh. I hope this doesn't stump you. Okay. I know it's on the fly. Do you? <laughs> you know Do you know what the question is, Danette? <laughs> like, I'm killing time. I think the question. We met our time slot for this, so you could just speed it on up okay, if you want. So what is the best advice you've gotten from your mom? Or the one thing you remember? Wow. Tendencies. <laughs> wow, this is such a difficult question. I've never even thought about it because I usually think about the other guests. Oh, wow. There's so many. <laughs> Um, basically, well, my mom, um, taught me how to be a very strong woman and how to take care of myself. So you see a lot of, um, stereotypes about, I don't need no man type Mm -hmm. of stuff. And, um, my mom really gave me a, a strong foundation in regards to that stereotype. And so, um, I love my husband. He's amazing. He's incredible, but I just have such, um, power in my individual identity because my mom laid that foundation for me to ensure that I knew that I was a child of the king you know and that my identity was in me so that was or not in me in him but um that came from my mom my mom was very overzealous 
about preaching that to me, to be a strong woman. Well, that's, I mean, that's really good advice. And I can see that you're teaching that to your daughter. So there you go. You can slow that down just a little bit with Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not teaching. She's learning by osmosis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for taking the time to be with us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'd love to come back again next week. (laughs) As always. Same place, same time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Moms in the Hub. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you learned something. And if not, don't tell us. (laughs) It's all Crystal's fault. Thanks for listening to our show today. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Hey, today's podcast is brought to you by Lubbock Moms, Lubbock's premier parenting resource for the South Plains. Have ideas or want to hear about something specific? Comment below or email us at info at lbkmoms.com and we'll look it in.